Welcome to the Strong Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, mom, exercise physiologist, and pre- and postnatal fitness expert. This show is all about helping you navigate your pregnancy and postpartum journey with more strength, energy, and ease. Each week, pull up a seat for a new topic that will empower you to feel strong, capable, and confident while supporting your body through all the changes of the motherhood journey. Just a reminder that the information on this show is not meant to treat or diagnose any medical condition. Please speak to your medical provider for all things related to your health care. I'm honored and excited to be a part of your health journey into motherhood. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hey, hey, mamas, welcome back to another episode of the Strong Mama podcast. April, since this is the month this episode is coming out, April is Cesarean Awareness Month or C-Section Awareness Month, and I thought it would be a good time to bring back a C-Section episode because I haven't done one in a while, and I'll share that one in just a second of what that episode is if you want more, but I personally have had two C-sections. Both of my deliveries have been cesarean, and I've also worked with clients who have had C-sections to help them heal, recover, return to fitness, and just ultimately feel stronger after a C-section. So I think that I can offer you both a personal and professional perspective, and I'm excited to dive into specific questions that you had over on Instagram. About a week and a half ago or so, I posted a question box to see what questions you guys had for me related to C-sections, really just like anything goes. And we do have quite a quite an array of questions today and I'm excited to get into them. None of them really focus on recovery tips, which I'm kind of glad for because the previous episode that I did, episode 21, has specific C-section recovery tips. So if you want more on that, definitely check out episode 21. But the questions we'll get into today are a little bit more, I don't want to say like on the soft side, but like on the experience side, like what is, what can I expect from a C-section? Is it as scary as the media portrays? Can you feel the C-section? How fast is recovery? And just like, there's so many awesome questions and I'm excited to just mix both personal and professional perspective with this. So let's dive into the first question. And the first one is, is it as scary as Google slash the media portrays? So I will say that, of course, each experience, each mother's experience is going to be unique when it comes to a cesarean delivery. So I'll speak to my personal experience and maybe offer up some different ways that it may be different depending on the situation. But for me, my first C-section was unexpected. It was the result of an induction that failed to progress and got to the point where there was some irregulation with my baby's heart rate and I think I got an infection from something. I can't remember the details exactly, but it wasn't an emergency C-section. It was just like getting to the point where my body was not progressing through these interventions. And I will say it was not pleasant, but it was not an emergency. So it wasn't like, you know, life-threatening scary, thankfully, but it was still like nerve-wracking. But I will say that I at this point, like it was like 30 hours in and I was on who knows what medications at this point 
for the infection. And I just really was not in my own brain. I will be honest. Like it was not the way I wanted my birth to go at all. And I was just, my brain was not in my body at that time. So I couldn't really process the fear, I would say. So I didn't really have time to to think about it like that. Now, my second C-section was planned. And I'll talk about this more at the end of the episode with how I decided between a VBAC and a planned C-section and what all went into that. But for now, I'll say that my second C-section was planned. And I was actually, I wasn't nervous like leading up to it because I had already like been through the procedure before. But I was extremely nervous when we finally like got to the hospital, started going through the things. And I think for one, I was just more aware of what was going on this time around. Like my brain was in my body. Like I wasn't on all these medications due to an infection and whatever happened before. I was very aware of the surgery that was about to happen. And of course, like that's going to make you nervous. And some people may be more nervous and scared than others. Like it is, it is a major abdominal surgery, but I do think that the media does portray and like even magnify it to be this big, scary, bad thing. And again, it is a major abdominal surgery, but I think that the more you can know and educate yourself on the procedure and how to recover, the better. Like even if you don't have a planned C-section and, you know, anything, any outcome is possible with your birth, but just knowing that it could be a possibility, maybe, if that's the way that your baby needs to come out safely, then having done your research and having a little bit of background on the procedure and all possible birth outcomes, including the cesarean, could be very helpful in cutting down on that fear. I know that that's something that I didn't have because, you know, we many times just picture a vaginal delivery for our first unless we, you know, have it planned from the beginning, but... For me, I was very unprepared for what recovery would look like for that outcome to happen. And so while I said that I was very, you know, hopped up on whatever meds that were going into my body, I definitely could have benefited from knowing a lot more than what I did. So that's what I'll say on that. And I also want to address that some C-sections are an emergency, some that is the safest way to get the baby out. So I don't want to downplay that that scenario isn't scary because it definitely can be. So I think, again, going back to the first point, I think each experience is completely unique. Is it as scary as Google and the media portrays? I think that completely depends on the person and their experience with surgeries and all the things. So Sorry, that was a non-answer, but it really depends. And I think that education can really help cut down on that fear of the cesarean delivery. Okay, moving into the next question. Can most women feel any part of the C-section taking place? They shouldn't be able to. Um, for my first, I you know, was going for a vaginal delivery and had an epidural towards the end of the labor and that stayed in for the c-section um so i had an epidural for my first c-section and then for the planned c-section the second time around they do a spinal which was definitely an easier process than getting the epidural in um definitely wasn't as painful in my experience 
And in either scenario, whether it's an epidural or a spinal, you can't feel a thing besides a little pressure. You might feel some tugging, which yes, it sounds really gross to think about, but I think when you're in the moment and you know you're going to meet your baby, that that feeling outweighs what's going on, especially since you can't feel it. There is no pain. It's just going to feel a little weird at times with some tugging and some pressure as they pull the baby out. But I honestly, like I get real weird with like blood and body stuff. I, you guys, I could never be a nurse or a surgeon or anybody who deals with blood. I just get (laughs) really grossed out by it. And this didn't gross me out like the pressure didn't. So hopefully that helps. All right, moving on. How fast is full recovery? So there's no hard and fast answer here. I know all bodies are going to have their own timeline, but most advice recommends waiting 12 to 18 months if possible before getting pregnant again after a C-section. This is to allow the scar to fully heal. So it's definitely going to take longer than that six to eight week doctor clearance for recovery from a C-section. I think we all know that at this point. It's likely that the scar tissue is there, things are sealing up, but full scar healing in terms of taking on another pregnancy could take 12 to 18 months. This doesn't mean that we can't be progressively getting back to workouts and healing our core and strengthening our body and such until that 12 to 18 month mark. It's definitely a progression and you're going to feel that recovery come in phases, if that makes sense. So at the time I'm recording this, I'm six months postpartum. I feel pretty good. I've been, you know, working on core recovery work since you know, a couple weeks post-operation and just progressively getting back into workouts and things like that. So I haven't been held back. So I don't want you to feel like, oh, you're, it's going to take you 12 to 18 months before you feel strong again and all that stuff. Um, but internally, full recovery could take 12 to 18 months for that full scar healing to take place. Hopefully that is helpful. All right, let's go into the next one. Is there anything to do years down the road to strengthen the area? So my advice for this is going to be similar to my advice for anybody who's given birth to continue to work on deep core work. Postpartum is forever. And what I mean by that is once you've had a baby and your muscles and deep core has been stretched and all of that stuff, like it just kind of takes a maintenance to keep things in check. So You may, you know, in those initial phases postpartum work on core recovery and that may be the main focus in those first few months post-delivery. And then I recommend trying to incorporate bits and pieces of deep core work into your routine long-term. Like I think warm-ups are a great time and place for some deep core work. Maybe you start with some you know, deep core breathing, and you then just do a couple deep core exercises, syncing up your breath with your deep core and pelvic floor to just keep things in check. And then also that sort of stimulates the muscles going into the rest of your workout. That way you have a really good foundation of strength and those muscles can continue to be active in your workouts and your day-to-day life. So I recommend definitely like continuing to work on that deep core work. Again, it doesn't have to be a primary focus years down the road, but 
to ensure that your core muscles and especially your deep core, you know, continues to maintain its strength. I think it's important to, you know, fuse in one to two deep core exercises into your warm-ups or just pick a couple and do them a couple times per week to just maintain that strength long-term. All right, let's move on. Best tips for recovering with multiples. Okay, so I think my advice here would be very similar to a standard C-section recovery with one, but just with more on the support side of things, since you're going to have your hands very full, especially if you're breastfeeding, of course, like that is a lot on you, especially while trying to recover. So my initial tips that I would give to anybody is to first plan for core recovery. So plan for, you know, what what that's going to look like for you can you spend you know 10 minutes here and there on some deep breathing some core and pelvic floor work that way we can start getting you back to a place of function while still honoring your healing journey so core recovery is definitely a must and something that can be started in those initial couple of weeks postpartum if you're feeling up for it And if you're able to carve out a couple of minutes to work on that, I find that for many moms while their baby is, you know, playing on a mat or napping or doing tummy time, that's a good time to just carve out five to 10 minutes to work on some deep breathing and core recovery work. Um, Yeah. And if you need some guidance there, I will drop the link to my core recovery program in the show notes. Another tip that I would offer to all C-section mamas is to wear a wrap, like an abdominal wrap in the early days. Now, we don't want this to be like super squeezy tight, but something that will just offer you some support, especially like if you're breastfeeding and you find yourself in the seated position a lot, um, or even when you're walking around, going to the bathroom, doing functional things, your core is definitely going to feel weak. So I think it's The wrap is super helpful and just offering you a little bit more support. Again, we don't want it to be super tight because that's going to push pressure down onto your pelvic floor and we don't want that to bring on symptoms of dysfunction, leaking, things like that. So definitely a wrap can be helpful. Another thing is to try not to do too much too fast. Of course, like the demands on you are going to be high. You're taking care of two babies And while I can't relate to taking care of two newborns at the same time, I can share my experience coming home to a toddler this time. So my little guy was two and a half when I delivered my second baby and we came home and naturally I like want to help him with his things too, like bath time and I want to pick him up and all the things. And I ended up getting like some, some real bad swelling because Some of the things like felt okay in the moment, but it was just too much for my body. So I had some swelling like in my feet and legs and ankles and yeah. So try to not do too much too fast. Even if you feel like you can like really, really, really hone in on resting as much as possible in those first couple of weeks at least. And then my final tip is to just have so much support. Like if you can think about it ahead of time and have plans in place like with your partner or family members, whoever your support people are going to be, just knowing that the demands on you and your body are going to be really high. 
So your recovery matters. And I think it's just really helpful to have a plan in place with, again, your support people and have someone to check in on filling your water, making sure you are fed, having someone to burp a baby while you feed the other or vice versa, whatever that looks like for you. Just know that I think planning ahead of time is key and oftentimes we don't do it because we don't know. So coming from somebody who's been on the other side of it, it can be extremely helpful to think about those few things. How are you going to stay hydrated? How are you going to stay fed? How are you going to keep up with baby's feedings and diaper changes and things like that? So coming up with a plan with whoever is going to be helping you out is so, so important. Like just having that conversation ahead of time, because I think like when we get in the moment and get wrapped up in all the things, like we want to take it all on ourselves and that's just not going to help us recover ultimately. So having that conversation ahead of time, like, Hey, what does this look like? I'm going to need some help in these areas. Can you make sure to check in on me and make sure that I have water, that I have snacks that just ask, you know, like, because maybe you might not be someone that is able to ask for help very easily. I know that that comes a little hard to me at times and I want to just like do it, but knowing that about yourself can help you to have that conversation and say like, Hey, I'm probably going to have a hard time asking for support, but can you just check in? Like you could say, like even give them a prompt, you know, to say, Hey, does what do you need right now? Just something as simple as that can be so, so helpful. So anyways, I'm (laughs) ranting and, and going on and on about this, but hopefully I hit it home that preparing in advance can be so helpful. All right. What to know slash prepare for the second time around. Okay. Ooh, it was very different the second time around and I've already talked about it a little bit, but I will say that first off, it's very weird to know what time of the day you're going to have your baby. <laughs> so I think my C-section, my scheduled C-section was for like 1.30 p.m. And yeah, you just kind of wake up that day and you're like, I'm going to have a baby today. You know, it's, it's very odd. Um, I think similar feelings can happen with an induction, although you don't know what time of day you're going to deliver your baby. So anyways, that was the first like thing that I could not wrap my head around was just like knowing in advance what time it was all going to go down. Um, so yeah, weird vibes <laughs> to start, but not bad, not bad, just different. Um, the second thing I'll say on this is that the procedure itself is super fast. Like the nurse that took care of me was actually a friend and she kept saying like, you're going to feel like you're in the NASCAR pit crew and you're the car and they're kind of working on you. And that was very true. Like I didn't really understand it until I was in there, but it just, it all felt so fast. And to me, and I'm not trying to like downplay the experience and make it sound bad because it wasn't. It just felt a little sterile, a little clinical, a little impersonal in my opinion, because it is like a procedure, right? That you're awake for. And I personally wish that I had known that going in, that it was going to feel like that. Um, It just, it was just a little shocking to me. 
But there are some things you can do to make this experience better and make it feel more like peaceful, joyful, all that stuff. So the first thing you could do is request having music so you can play, make a playlist. That's what I did ahead of time. I had like a little playlist going and it was more fun. It like took the edge off a little bit of the nerves that I had. And um, another thing you could request is a gentle cesarean. Now, I'm not... I can't remember off the top of my head what all the details of a gentle cesarean are, but some things that I wanted was I wanted to see, I didn't want to see the baby come out. I did not want to see my baby come out of my body and see all of that. Um, but I did want to see him like pretty much right away, you know, so you can request many hospitals. If you give birth in a hospital, they can put up a clear drape instead of like the blue drape so that you could see like when they hold the baby up and he's out of your body. He, she, I say he, because my, my guy was a little boy. Um, but you can request that like clear drape. You can request skin to skin as soon as possible. So there are some things that can really make that experience better. I really loved the skin to skin right away. I know that in many C-sections, they're kind of like rushed off to do all the things. And yes, they had to do like one or two things, but I would say within like a minute or two, my baby was there on my chest and that was so amazing. And we could do that skin to skin while they stitched everything up. And that that was really, really nice. So highly recommend if you go for a planned C-section that that's something that you request. And you might even look up gentle C-section and see what other options might be available or talk to your doctor and see how you might make it, you know, more of a unique experience, pleasant experience for you. Um, one thing post-delivery that I didn't expect, but I was told that, told by my nurse that it might happen is that you might feel very nauseous afterwards. I... Like it took maybe an hour or so after the procedure, but I think it was just like coming down from any medication that was in my body, from the spinal, things like that. Oof, it was like a huge wave of nausea and vomiting. It was like not fun for a little while, but it, it did wear off. It didn't, it didn't last for a very long time, like maybe an hour tops with that big wave of nausea and stuff, but it did get better. So that's something that I didn't realize was a thing until I got into it. And the last thing I'll say on this about the second time around is that I do think that I was able to recover quicker on the second C-section, just knowing what to expect, just knowing what to expect from the recovery, what to expect from what my body was capable of. And so that's why I think that just like educating yourself around it, even if you don't have a planned C-section can be extremely helpful. So yeah. Next question, do they go through the same scar? I think most of the time they do. I think the only case that they do not go through the same scar is if the scar tissue is like too dense and they're unable to cut through it. That would be the only case in which they would need to go into a different place and do another scar but in my experience it was the same scar and in many other people's is the same scar as well on the second time so yeah simple question there uh last question this one may be the most loaded question that i have to talk about um the question is did you consider a v-back i have so much baggage post c-section and want to try again 
Okay, I can highly relate to this one. That's why I saved it for last because I also felt that emotional baggage post C-section. I felt like my body couldn't birth a baby the quote-unquote normal way, aka a vaginal delivery. I felt like betrayed by my body almost. So I think that this person was probably relating to similar feelings of this. And I think that for many of us, if we have that initial unexpected or emergency c-section we can carry a lot of emotional baggage you know the recovery is not just physical but also mental and emotional and it's completely valid to want to give your body another chance at quote-unquote redemption so to speak on your next birth if you have another one so yes my answer is yes i did consider a VBAC. I wanted a VBAC and I'll get into that story in just a second. But for those of you who don't know what VBAC stands for, VBAC is a vaginal birth after a cesarean. So if you had a cesarean for your first or your previous uh, and you want to go for a vaginal this time, that's what a VBAC is. But okay, so here's a little bit more on my story. I decided early on in that second pregnancy that I really wanted to have a VBAC and that that is what I wanted to go for. Of course, I had my fears on it in terms of like uterine rupture and the risks that go with VBAC and then also like educated myself around those risks as well as the risks of a C-section because there are risks to both of those options and whatever you go with is completely valid and fine. There's no, I don't think there's one superior way to birth. Um, The mentality that I kind of approached this whole thing from was why I wanted to have a VBAC initially is like I wanted to give my body that chance and almost prove to myself that I was capable of having a vaginal birth. So that's kind of where I was coming from throughout the entire pregnancy. You know, everything is fine throughout the pregnancy, healthy, all the things. And um, we get to, you know, the later stages and we're past my due date and I have to really consider what I want. And I guess I should say like my husband as well. Like we both had to consider the risks, the benefits, how long, you know, we felt comfortable waiting and all of those things. And trust me, when we got to this point, I did so much journaling. Like I think it was around like 40 weeks. And you guys, I know like due dates are just estimates. I know so many people who have had healthy v-backs that go like two or three weeks past their due date so like this is not to like turn you off from a v-back at all i fully support you um this is just my perspective but we got until we we got up to that 41 week mark and it was time to make some decisions do i want to schedule a planned c-section or do i want to just wait for this baby to come out on their own and for me like I said, I turned to my journal because I was like, I have, I'm carrying all this emotional baggage. Like my hope was really to have this like redemption birth, so to speak. And what's going to happen if I don't have that? Am I going to have the same baggage again? So like, if you want to learn more about what I journaled on and how I ultimately like came to this decision, you can check out episode 27 and I tell you all about it because it was an emotional decision for me to choose and ultimately for me it came down to after so much thought so much journaling and just really figuring out where my brain was at I really had to get to a place of comfort and peace in my decision that was important for me like whether I chose to wait it out for a v-back or go for the c-section I wanted to feel at peace I wanted to feel in charge of whatever 
happened essentially. Like it was my decision, right? So ultimately for me, like what I came down to after all of this thought was I did not want to go through my previous experience more than I wanted a VBAC. That was just my truth. That was true for me. I did not want to have the same experience that I had again. And again, I've heard of so many successful VBACs and that's not to say that if I hadn't waited a few extra weeks, like I would have had this beautiful VBAC. And I know that that's true, but I think that the fact that I came to peace with my decision beforehand was absolutely game-changing and not carrying that mental baggage this time around past this second c-section so i will say that like yes you might have so much baggage from your previous c-section and you can go one of two ways you can go for that v-back you can go for the c-section but i think no matter what getting in touch with your brain and your body and really getting in tune with your thoughts and feeling in charge of your decision is ultimately the best thing that you can do. So I never personally got to the place where it was like V-back or bust. Like I said, I stayed flexible, I stayed open, but I do think that if I was in that place, you know, throughout my pregnancy, that I would have hired a doula or worked with a midwife for more support and more encouragement. But like I said, I did not get to the, the point where I was like V-back or bust. I was very open to either of those. So I can definitely recommend to you that if you are like V-back or bust, like hiring a doula or a midwife, working with a midwife might be a more supportive way to go because I know that this isn't true for all doctors, but many doctors are not completely V-back supported, even if they say they are. I feel like I could talk about that forever, um, but I'll stop there, leave it there. That's kind of how I came to the decision. And again, you can check out episode 27 if you want more info on like how I came to that decision. Um, but I'm also happy to chat with you if you come over to Instagram at Strong Mama Wellness and you just want to like chat through it and be a listening ear and a sounding board. I know that that was another valuable thing for me is like I had a couple friends that I talked to that had been through it and been through that decision-making process and they were just like a listening ear, a sounding board, essentially like helping coach me through my thoughts so that I could reach a decision that I felt good with. So I can be that sounding board for you too. Happy to have you pop in my DMs and chat, chat with you through it and not influence you one way or the other. All right, and with that, that was all the questions that were submitted on Instagram, but definitely encourage you to check out episodes 21 and 27 for more C-section related stuff. And again, if you want like a sounding board or somebody to talk through your fears with about C-sections, like just head over to Instagram at Strong Mama Wellness and DM me and I'm happy to chat with you. Otherwise, I'll drop any relevant links or information in the show notes that might be helpful for you today. I know I had mentioned the core recovery program and also working with clients one-on-one -on -one to regain strength and heal after their C-section. So if either of those are appealing to you, you can check out those links. But otherwise, again, I can't thank you enough for being a listener of the show and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. And that's a wrap, Mama. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of the Strong Mama Podcast. 
If this show has served you in some way, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Head to strongmamawellnessco.com for more free resources and opportunities for us to work together. Until next time, keep moving.